As we celebrate the top 20 episodes of 2020 here on the podcast, we go back to something we released in March. Uh, I was lucky enough to be asked to fly to Las Vegas. Don't twist my arm to get me to fly to Las Vegas to do some podcasting. Uh, for the Tri-State Physical Therapy Conference, that was the uh, APTA chapters of California, Nevada, and Arizona. And they had some uh, TED-style talks. And a couple of those speakers, uh, really inspirational, and uh, I wanted to share those talks with you. Megan Fisher and Amanda Boxtel, uh, two amazing stories. First up, Megan Fisher, Paralympic gold, silver, and bronze medalist, and a 10-time world champion and retired member of Team USA. Just an amazing story of something she overcame. She had a pretty tragic car accident that nearly killed her, leaving her in a coma and stealing the lower half of her left leg. She had some amazing insight that as I'm recording this right now, the hair on my arms are standing up just thinking about what it was like being in that room. We also heard from Amanda Boxtel. A freak skiing accident in 1992 rendered Amanda a paraplegic. Amanda's overall message in her talk is one of never giving up in pursuit of the best quality of life possible. She's done TED Talks uh, around the country and around the world and currently serves as the executive director for Bridging Bionics Foundation, which aims to bridge human mobility with exoskeletons and bionic technology. If you're looking for inspiration as we head from 2020 to 2021, Megan and Amanda will deliver on this episode in their top 20 of 2020. The show is brought to you by Owens Recovery Science. They're a single source for physical therapists looking for certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply it in clinical practice. Find out information about research, courses, equipment, certification, the whole nine at owensrecoveryscience.com or take a listen to Johnny's podcast with a deep dive into BFR. It's on iTunes. Owens Recovery Science is uh, the name of the show. So check it out again, the website owensrecoveryscience.com. Let's kick it into the episode here, leading off with Megan Fisher. This is the PT Pinecast. Our first speaker is an athletic performance coach, motivational speaker, and doctor of physical therapy based in Missoula, Montana. Her personal athletic achievements include Paralympic gold, silver, and bronze medals from the Rio 2016 and London 2012 Games. She's an 11-time world champion and retired member of Team USA. Welcome, Megan Fisher. I kind of split my growing up between a small town in Alberta known as Rocky Mountain House and a suburb of Chicago, Hinsdale. What drew me to sports was the camaraderie. Sports was an easy way to have a community, like have a tight group of people. And I liked the idea of working towards a goal together. Fundamentally what I liked was the training. Like I was never the star player. I liked chasing after uh, a goal that was always just out of reach. Through high school I played tennis, basketball, and softball, and then tennis really was my passion and I followed that into college. The University of Montana presented that opportunity. It was the breath of fresh air that I needed after living in the city. Missoula was perfect for me at that time. I loved it. I loved the training. I loved where I was training. I loved what I got to do outside of school. And I loved school. It just, it was everything. I'd finished my freshman year of college. Went back to Chicago where I got to 
teach tennis with my best friend. We were going to drive out here to Missoula to sign a lease on an apartment. And um, yeah, so I guess what happened was there was a horrible car accident. I woke up from my coma, my eyes opened, and I managed to look down at my feet, and I realized that, you know, my feet didn't match anymore. I wanted to get back to my athletic self because that identity was something I felt comfortable with. So like if I could give back to sports in some capacity, I could find a team again, I could find a community, I could find myself again. And that started that journey. I've stood on some of the biggest stages, and I gotta tell you, being here right now, it kinda has got me, I'm a little sweaty. Um, thank you so much for being here. It's a huge privilege. Just out of curiosity, what kind of physical therapists do we have here? Outpatient? Heck yeah. Acute care? Booyah. Okay, peds? Cardio? Any athletic trainers? Heck yeah, those are my people. How many people ride bikes? How many people here can ride a bike? <laughs> Thank you, okay? So you're all cyclists, all right? I usually don't sound like this. That's part of why I showed the video. I tried to pick up some extra work last night at a lounge, and um, this is what I've got today. Again, thank you for being here. And what I wanted to do is take this time to review and reaffirm something we already know, and that's the power of speech. The speech that we use with ourselves, with our patients, and with each other is powerful. And more so, what I want to convey is that we are all capable of more than we know. So that video did a nice job of kind of summarizing things, but I want you to close your eyes just for, just for a moment, okay? And I want you to think back to when you were 19 years old. That was back when maybe nothing hurt, right? Everything was pretty easy. The world was laid out in front of us. All right, come back, come back, come back. Maybe some of us have 19-year-olds now, right? And we can see that same naivete. When I was 19, I was happy. I was naive. I was in love. I mean, all of the things. I was chasing my dream. I was pursuing my dream. I was at the University of Montana pursuing a wildlife biology degree. I wasn't even studying medicine. I didn't think I was smart enough. In fact, I thought I was going to be the next Jane Goodall, but for big cats. I thought that was a thing I could do. This is where I was at 19, living the dream. Look at that. I look just like a trophy, don't I? And check out that left leg. That left leg was phenomenal. We had some great times, that left leg and I. But the summer between my freshman and sophomore year, when I thought I had life by the tail, everything changed. I mean, that's that morning. Ironically, we took a photo that morning to commemorate just how happy we were. My first love, someone that I often refer to as my best friend, Sarah and I were moving in together. Our car was full of all of our hopes, dreams, and all of our belongings. Hours later, our worlds would be flipped upside down, and quite literally. Our car rolled eight and a half times in the middle of South Dakota. All of our things were strewn across the highway, and I'm the only one here to talk about it. It still gets me, because I feel like I should have been the one driving, and I shouldn't be the one here today. So here I am in my coma. My pupils were fixed and dilated, and I couldn't breathe for myself. 
I had brain surgery. It wasn't big brain surgery, but I still say, you know, brain surgery is brain surgery. And I had a four-foot avulsion fracture. For what that means, I basically ripped my foot off from below my, my calcaneus. If you go through South Dakota and you happen to find any of my bones, please let me know. I'll, I'll give my forwarding address at the end. My first introduction to physical therapy was the gentleman hiding behind that IV pole. And I could have sworn he was the most horrible person on earth. How dare he make me stand up? How dare he? Who knew, less than 15 years later, that I would be that acute care physical therapist coming in with that same empathy, able to, with kindness, ask somebody to stand up. Very rarely do we get to plumb the depths of our resiliency and really find what we're made of. So it turns out it's pretty uncomfortable pushing yourself that far. But we are more capable than we know. Very early on in my recovery, someone told me, sweetheart, you'll never be as good as you were. Everyone kept trying to keep my expectations low. Because I came out of the hospital thinking, man, the sky's the limit. Technology, physical therapy, you know, what will they think of next? You know, I thought they might be able to, you know, attach my foot again, you know, osseous integration. It's not there yet. I had all these expectations that going from prior level of function is the greatest predictor of outcome, and I just had this thought that, like, I would be better. I'd be bionic. I'd be the million-dollar woman. Yeah, nah. I'm just me. I'm just a human. It turns out being human is hard, right? It's hard. Let's talk about the words we choose. As people in the healthcare field, we have an enormous opportunity to do good. The words we use, they can inspire, they can motivate, we can be leaders, and I think most importantly, we're teachers. We can teach somebody to get out of bed when they've forgotten or don't know how. We can teach somebody to lift their grandkids when their back hurts. We can teach someone to care for their loved one. We can teach someone to run really, really fast, too. You know, we can do all that. We've got a broad spectrum. We can also role model. What led you to physical therapy? If I think back, like, one of my most influential persons was a dual-credentialed athletic trainer physical therapist. Who am I now? I'm her, hopefully. So I want to bring to mind the subjunctive tense. You ever thought of this, given some thought? Back to maybe third grade when we learned grammar. So the subjunctive tense identifies a state of unreality, such as a wish, emotion, you can read. But if we think of it in a sentence, we think, like, if my boss had told me, I could have been more prepared. How many times do we have people say, well, I should have stretched. I should have done my home exercises. I should have done this. I should have done that. And I, I do that too. I feel like I should have been the one driving. I stole this from a bumper sticker. Don't should on yourself or those around you. So we can be really thoughtful with the words that we choose, especially if we use something called the indicative mood. It helps identify what we need and what we want and what we can do. And I find that's incredibly important when we speak with our patients and with ourselves. If you want your need to feel better, us as our physical therapists, you know, I, I believe you need to do this. Not you should do this, you should do that. Don't should on somebody. I mean, that's my opinion. but. 
help somebody identify what they need and what they want and help them find the steps to get there. Tell them what they can do and how they can get there. So this is what somebody I got to race with for many years. This is JJ Mendez, he's from Spain. He's all over the internet because he is an inspiration what he does, what he can do. And he often tells people, don't tell me what you can't do. Because I bet he's heard that a lot. He's very, very capable. Individuals like he and I, we're no different than anyone here. In many ways, we all have scars. A lot of those scars are invisible. And we just happen to wear our scars very visibly. And people can see that and see themselves in us. Racing in the Paralympic Games for many years allowed me to see a lot of, a lot of people from all over the world and see just how lucky we are here in the United States and in North America. Life is also about compensations, right? So all over the world, people compensate for what they have and what they don't have. So you'll literally see peg legs. So a little secret, if you want to remember my name, my pirate name, I always win every Halloween costume contest, I go as Peg Leg Meg. A lot of people told me I would never be as good as I was. And I can tell you quite honestly, I'm better than I ever was. I'm more than I ever was. I've done more with one foot than I would have ever done with two. Because I truly believed as a tennis player, you know, that's what I was. It wasn't until after my accident, until I really I couldn't do anything. I, mean, I had to relearn how to sit up, talk, when to be awake. I woke up with a new personality. Like, I used to be painfully shy. There was no way I could do this 17 years ago. But to your benefit, I'm limited to 20 minutes because I could go on for hours. I ended up racing with the U.S. Paralympic team for many years. If you had told me I'd be riding around on a track banked at 45 degrees, no way. But I did it. And it turns out, if I can do it, you can do it too. But if you don't want to do that, you don't have to, right? But I'm just saying, like, maybe you can take the stairs. <laughs> In 2012, 10 years after my accident, it was a big memory. It was a big, momentous year. I was selected for the 2012 Games in London, and it was massive. My mom got to be there, my partner got to be there, and I got to win a gold medal. And if you wish, I brought all my medals from the London and Rio Games, if you'd like to take any pictures with them or see how heavy they are. And there's actually no chocolate inside, I checked. My last Games was the Rio 2016 Games was also another momentous year. I won a bronze medal in this race, and I can honestly say it's the medal I'm most proud of. It was hard fought. I call it my dirty gold. It's, the medals are merely a symbol, because while I may be the only one riding around on that track just then, it's merely a symbol of everyone who was there from the beginning, to the woman who pulled me out of the car, to the person who called life flight in the ambulance, the person, my life flight nurse, who breathed for me, the pilot who flew for me, my prosthetists, and my physical therapists, who I still keep in contact with because they've changed my life more than anyone else in this world. And I want you to kind of look inside yourselves and kind of think about the butterfly effect of the things that you do in this world, the lives that you've touched. So let me be one more person to say thank you for what you've done. Now that I'm here and retired and a washed up has-been, I get to pay it forward a little more.
I still race competitively, but now much longer distances, like 200, 150, 300 miles. Like just, I told you I had a head injury. So, um, but I have the opportunity to pay it forward. I get to race with other people who are injured veterans. They all had two legs though. I get to be a part of research studies, and I also get to work as a physical therapist. And I still can't believe I get paid to be a physical therapist. Like, it's the greatest thing. Documentation, insurance, we know, we know. But I mean, for the most part, we've got the greatest job. <laughs> two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I was standing on top of a Cotopaxi volcano in Ecuador. So it's in Ecuador, it's on the equator. This is actually the second um, highest point next to the sun, next to a volcano that's just across the way. It's an incredible experience. It's at 19,000 feet, over 19,000 feet. And the mountains are merely a symbol of what we can do. The Range of Motion Project, as an organization, nonprofit that I'm a part of, believes that we're only as disabled as our access to prosthetic care or appropriate medical care. And I just wanted to share this as an opportunity. If you're looking for a way to volunteer, they're always looking for physical therapists to come down to Guatemala and Ecuador to help people regain the ability to walk, their independence and mobility. So that's where I was. Just walked myself up to the top and I walked down. I must circle back and remind us that we need to identify what our needs and wants are and don't let that unreality get in our way because we're all more capable than we know. Thank you. Follow us online, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. New Step created the first product of its kind 25 years ago. That was the New Step Recumbent Cross Trainer. Now it's a mainstay in rehab with physical therapists worldwide. New Step now continues its tradition of innovation with the New Step Transit, another innovation in recumbent cross trainers for physical therapists, delivering real-time biofeedback with this piece of equipment, letting you use it in meaningful ways for awareness of physical performance, uh, goals, identifying and correcting deficits or imbalances. Take a test drive or find out more at newstep.com. That's N-U-Step.com. Online at newstep.com. This is the PT Pinecast. Show's brought to you by Arius Medical Staffing, the single source for PTs wanting to do what you want to do, which is be a physical therapist where you want to do it. They've got positions anywhere in the U.S. All 50 states. Yeah, we get asked this a lot. Alaska, Hawaii, Colorado. You want to do some mountains? You like rivers, lakes, ocean? They got you covered. A-U-R-E-U-S medical.com. It's very simple to explain what they do. That's why I love working with them. They find PTs jobs, doing what they want to do, where they want to do it. You put yourself through school, lots of blood, sweat, and tears. Now you decide where you work. Arius has you covered. A-U-R-E-U-S medical.com. No obligation. Just check them out and see what they have to offer. They've been doing this for a couple of decades. A-U-R-E-U-S medical.com. Back to the PT Pinecast with Jimmy McKay. A great talk from Megan Fisher there on the show. She was one of those TED speakers again at the uh, Las Vegas Tri-State PT Conference. Again, want to thank the conference for having me out there. It was fantastic. Not really hard to get me to go to a conference in Las Vegas surrounded by PTs and PTAs. So uh, if you're, we're doing that again next year, look for me on my list. I'll, I'll definitely be out there. Again, with uh, Megan Fisher being one of the TED speakers, definitely inspirational. She led off. And the closer that night was uh, a woman by the name of Amanda Boxtel. Amanda, unable to walk on her own for more than 26 years 
Amanda Boxell tells her story about what she's doing about it. Uh, Resiliency, spirit, her desire to help herself and others access advanced technologies through a nonprofit she founded called Bridging Bionics Foundation. You can find out more info about Amanda at amandaboxtel.com. Take a listen to her TED Talk live recorded at the Tri-State PT Conference in Las Vegas. Here's Amanda. This is the PT Pinecast. Our final speaker today... Her 20-year journey across continents is one of spirit, mind, and body transformation. While a spinal cord injury took away her ability to walk, it did not take away her ability to dream. Today, she's turning those dreams into reality. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce Amanda Boxtel. Thank you. I want to acknowledge all of you as physical therapists, as caregivers, PTAs, students. For you, the collective you, are the ones that have encouraged me for 27 years of paralysis. And you are the ones and the reason why I'm here today and why I've been motivated to create a really unique physical therapy model. Some journeys we choose, and some journeys choose us. I'm going to take you on a journey so that you can learn from my experience and what I've created today. I was little. I was about eight years old. And that eight-year-old self came back in a dream not long ago. As I lay down at night, I cuddled underneath my down comforter. It was cool. And I said a prayer of gratitude. And I called in my angels and the angel of dreams. And I asked for a freeing, liberating dream. And that night, what I dreamed stayed with me because it was so vivid. I looked down at my skinny legs And yeah, I was a little knock-kneed. And I stepped with those legs, and I felt my calf muscles, my hamstrings, my quads, my glutes, all firing in harmony together. And as I stepped on the grass, I felt the, the pinprick blades of the grass underneath the tender soles of my feet. And I stepped out onto the sand, and I felt the sand squeak in between my toes, and the ocean was calling me. I made my way into the waves, and I dove deeply beneath the surface. I was with whales. I made these delicious arching circles backwards, and I was in this three-dimensional playground. I was free. When I woke, I tried to move. The reality of my paralysis was so shocking to me. I tried to move my legs and I couldn't. And it occurred to me that walking and movement and freedom is still so alive in me 27 years later. And I understood that every situation that you find yourself in has some positive value. Even the dreams, even the tragedies, even the thunderbolt from a calm sky. Imagine a time in your life when you felt untouchable. I was 24. I felt invincible. 
I was, it was the 80s, I had big hair, bigger hair than I do now. I was an aerobic dancing instructor. I loved to have waves chase me on the beach. I loved to feel a long skirt swish around my ankles. I was a skier, but that all changed in a split second. It was a moment in time while I was downhill skiing. I did a, a freak somersault. I shattered four vertebrae in a split second. An electric current zapped through my legs and then they crumbled on top of me and there was nothing. I was paralyzed. I was paralyzed from here down with no movement or sensation below my pelvis. I was flown on a flight for life to Denver, to St. Anthony's Central. And not long after, a young doctor, his face screamed medical student. His face was younger than mine. He had been sent to deliver the bad news. Amanda, you'll never walk again. Those words resounded in every cell of my being. I wanted to prove him wrong. The doctor, the guy upstairs, God. I was determined to walk to defy the odds. It took five years of, of living in hope. I took acceptance out, I just lived in hope. Until I was 29, and I was in Australia, that's where the funny accent's from. I've, I've been here, I'm 51 now, and I've been here for 31 years. And uh, I was in Australia, and this man, this friend of mine, he was six foot four, he carried me up on his back, up three flights of stairs, and he left the wheelchair down below. And he placed me on some cushions in his apartment, and we had a cup of tea. And after a while, Greg said to me, you want to go for a walk? And I said, yeah, sure. I, I still walk figuratively. I'll go for a walk. And I'm waiting, and he said, oh, do you want to go for a walk? And I said, well, yeah, duh you get my wheelchair and I'll go for a walk. He said, Amanda, you don't have a wheelchair. Let's go for a walk. I thought, this guy's nuts. And he, he grabbed my hand and he proceeded to drag me across the carpet. And I said, who are you? And he said, Amanda, who are you angry at? And I said, I'm angry at you. I'm angry at my legs. And through tears, I'm angry at God. It's not fair. I had to have my moment because this became one of the most pivotal moments of my wheelchair life. He picked me up and he put me on a chair on a tiled balcony. He disappeared and reappeared with an armful of china plates. He picked one up and he threw it and it smashed into a million pieces. He said, try this. And I did, and I threw every china plate on my lap. And I felt my spirit smashing into a million pieces. And then he gave me a tool. And he said, he gave me a journal and a purple pen. And he said, write and ask yourself a question with your dominant hand and answer with your non-dominant hand. And I did. And ladies and gentlemen, I had all the answers within me. Amanda, you are a temple of God. Your body is beautiful. You respect your legs as you do every other part of your body. You're not a half a woman, you're very much a whole woman. 
And that was my moment of acceptance. It took time for me to turn my wounds into wisdom and for me to understand that acceptance and hope can and must coexist. And that's my life lesson. Did you get that? Acceptance and hope can and must coexist. In that what I accept right here, right now, frees me to be hopeful for what tomorrow will bring. What I do today for my body prepares me for what my body will be tomorrow. Adaptive technology enabled me to move forward with my life. I became a better skier than I ever was before. I learned to rock climb, to hand cycle, to do all of those things, to paraglide. Yet there was a part of me that still yearned to walk. As a caterpillar never loses sight of its absolute, the butterfly, I held true to my vision of walking independently. I knew that I needed to have a cardiovascular workout. I needed, I needed to figure out balance, joint alignment. I needed to stand up on my legs, to have range of motion, to weight bear, because bone density disappears really fast, osteoporosis. As a spinal cord injured woman, I'm prone to those things, to muscle atrophy, to pressure sores. Spinal cord injury is so much more than not being able to walk. It's the loss of my sexuality. It's the loss of my ability to avoid urine on my own, to empty my bowels, to deal with secondary complications like incontinence and intense nerve pain that often is off the charts. I knew that it was up to me and me only. If you sit, you begin to die. You can't be sedentary. Destiny waits for no woman or man. It was up to me and me only, and I had to figure it out. I did everything I could from standing to physical therapy to keeping my body alive using the Alt-G treadmill, but things weren't happening where I wasn't fully weight-bearing. I would swing my legs through sloppily like a drunkard. I was creating bad habits with my gait. I was trying everything I could. I never gave up hope because hope was very much alive in me with the acceptance. And then I received a phone call that changed my life. I was invited to be the first test pilot in the world for a bionic exoskeleton suit that it was a prototype, formerly called E-Legs from Berkeley Bionics, now Exo from ExoBionics. It was rebranded. Now, these were engineering geeks that created this most amazing robot. I was given three days to walk in this device, to perfect it, to stand up, walk, turn around, walk back and sit down independently. And there wasn't a PT in sight. No clinicians at all. You will be mortified when you see this because I had to do it for National Geographic Television. No pressure. Amanda, a rookie test pilot, is wearing the suit for the first time. Yeah, I just am so excited and I feel very honored that I'm one of the first pilots to test this. Um, I'm gonna sit you up, okay? But will she be able to walk in the suit? 
After watching Ted, Amanda is ready to try her first steps. Okay, bring the left foot just back a bit. Left foot? Yeah, just so it's even. Okay. Okay, ready. The hardest part is standing up. The tether is there just for safety. It does not support Amanda. Whoa! Whoa! Sorry. <laughs> Balance is the key. I'm sorry. Amanda must learn how to be steady on legs that have entirely forgotten how to walk. I have 18 years of sitting, and it's almost like I have to relearn and rewire my brain. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Can I try it one more time? And now I have to get it. <laughs> Ted, give me pointers. Ted's my hero. I, he's my model. We'll try one more, and I think that's going to be all we get. Okay. Yeah. The batteries powering the suit are running low. Amanda's only got one more try. Come on, Amanda. <laughs> Should I turn? Yeah, no, you need to pull forward. Take one more step and then we'll turn. Okay, good. <laughs> it just feels so cool to be walking. Amanda uses the crutches to drive the exoskeleton. A band on her arm senses the movement and tells the computer to move the corresponding leg forward. Right arm, left leg. Left arm, right leg. Just like a normal gait. First time that I stepped into the exoskeleton and it stepped with me was my reality coming alive before my eyes. I was living my dreams and to be able to take a natural step and not just one, but another one and another one and to make it feel normal and to be tall in my body, <laughs> rather than looking upwards, that's what it's about. Crutches back and we're ready to sit. Okay, coming down. Good position. Thank you. The technology's come so far in nine years. We're now in 2019. That was 2010 when I was the first test pilot. And it was so robotic, every step for the hands, hands up in the room, who has worked one directly with an exoskeleton, a bionic exoskeleton suit? Hands up. Okay, not too many of you. So, but who's familiar with exoskeletons? Okay, perfect. So we've come a long way, and that was really, uh, those steps were very robotic. Um, when I stand to this day, 
a moment of euphoria sweeps through me to this day, and I feel that tallness of my body. It never gets old. I'm able to look at the back of the room, and it's this great role reversal that happens. I'm standing, everybody's sitting, and it feels just, and then I can have these eye-to-eye contact and, and, and heart-to-heart hugs. Circulation increases. There's all of these physical benefits of exoskeletons, bladder bowel regularity. I'm able to walk over ground with my joints aligned as they should through space, getting that proprioceptive feedback with the visual cues. So I'm rewiring those neuropathways because I'm walking over space, right? I'm not on a treadmill. So there's tremendous benefits to exoskeletons and dermoskeletons. The, the cost of healthcare should never be an issue, ever. And, and it's our human right to have access to advanced technologies like exoskeletons and dermoskeletons, whole body vibration, and to have it affordable. And that's why I created Bridging Bionics Foundation and that's why I was recognized last year as one of the top 10 CNN heroes of 2018. Thank you. Bridging Bionics is a really unique program. Here's why. When I dream, I fly. And I have freedom. I can't get enough. And if I wake from those flying, magical places. And it's always just this harsh reality of, oh, <laughs> you're paralyzed. 26 years ago, I went out skiing, and I remember I somersaulted. I landed on my back, and I knew in that instant that I was paralyzed. I was so young, I feel like the mountain had robbed me of the use of my legs, but I was determined to show that I wasn't going to give up so easily. I had imagined myself being encased in an outer shell and walking upright. Yep, that's it. And then I received the phone call that changed my life. I was invited to test a prototype exoskeleton. I stood up and I walked for the first time in 18 years and it was as if all of my dreams were burgeoning to life in one upright powerful moment. Right now I have no pain. The exoskeleton takes away my pain. This type of technology it's not easily accessible, it's not affordable and I thought we could get a whole community up and walking with this unit. Why not? Bridging Bionics literally bridges mobility with bionic technology. We are truly giving the gift of mobility for free or next to nothing to help our community get upright and walking again. Push back. Yes. We have physical therapists that work one-on-one -on -one with our clients. It's a customized program geared to each neurological condition. You don't know how bad my legs needed this. Before working out with Bridging Bionics, making a step by myself wasn't a possibility. But then after, my muscles started working together in ways that they weren't before. To the point where I set my goal to walk across the stage for my graduation. 
felt good to gain stuff back and be able to say, this is my moment. I'll race you to the door. This is the power of technology that everybody should have access to. That's all you right there. Nice. Good job. Life is not over when someone sustains a traumatic injury. Life goes on. It's just a little different. And that's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bridging bionics bridges mobility. We bridge lives. We bridge community, one step at a time. So far, since the inception of our program, we have gifted, I'm a fundraiser, so <laughs> we have gifted more than 5,400 mobility sessions to our clients. Last week, we celebrated the 100th client that has come through our program who we've helped. Because cost is taken out of the equation, we can focus on the patient. Imagine, as physical therapists, if you could show up and you didn't have to bill. You didn't have to, we bypass the medical system. And if you didn't have to bill insurance, Medicaid, Medicare, and you could just put your focus on the patient. And then imagine if those patients could come every week regularly. When a lot of our clients leave hospital after sustaining a traumatic spinal cord injury or a neurological condition, they're given eight weeks of physical therapy for the whole year. We give our clients three to four physical therapy sessions a week. It's in a health club. It's out of the clinical context. We do have physical therapists, but it's in an environment that promotes inclusivity and well-being. Exercise is medicine. While we see that neuro-recovery neuro is possible, maintaining your range of motion is really key, and your wellness to have an optimal quality of life. We have a four-pronged approach. We have physical therapy, which includes standard PT, dry needling, some pool therapy. We have whole body vibration with the Galileo technology out of, which is side alternating vibration out of Germany. We have an ExoGT, an Indigo uh, therapy kit with the, uh, the variable assist modality with the Indigo Plus suite. So that variable assist helps us work with stroke patients, the whole gamut of neurological conditions. We have an, a Kyogo dermoskeleton, which is not FDA approved, where we have an IRB protocol out of Mount St. Mary's University in California. And so we're able to use this device with our clients under investigational use in our program. And then we're taking it a step further. We've got a performance training program so we can work on strength, endurance, stability in the gym before they go out into the real world. But what we're doing that is the newest initiative that I'm most excited about, and this is so our clients don't have to figure it out on their own and throw china plates five years after their injury, is that we're dealing with the psychosocial component as well. Often that is missed. So it's not just the physical, ladies and gentlemen. It, we're dealing with the mental, the, the emotional, the psychosocial. Often when someone sustains a chronic spinal cord injury, they begin this downward spiral. And they go into depression, anxiety. They have anger. They don't have tools. So we're providing for free 
one-to-one -one referrals for counseling, team therapy, and also retreats. So, thank you. So we're dealing with the whole person. And that's what I wanted to present to you today. As physical therapists, there is a new model out there. We're creating it, and I'm really proud of it. And we're getting results. People are improving because they have an opportunity for wellness. They're excited about their bodies. When I wake up in the morning, I say a prayer. It's a prayer of gratitude. And I say, dear God, please let me serve as an instrument of love. Let me heed to the call of love. And let me see others with compassion. My sole purpose is to stand in the quantum realm of possibility and hope. I encourage you to dwell in loving kindness. And as you leave the room today, I want you to walk with pride. Walk with intention and walk for those who cannot. Thank you. It's been an honor and a privilege. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com. If you're looking for education past your physical therapy degree, look no further than Brooks IHL. That's Brooks Rehabilitation Institute of Higher Learning. You can find out more at brooksihl.org. Continuing education along with residencies and fellowships. Residencies in orthopedics, geriatrics, women's health, neurologic PT, pediatrics, sports, and a fellowship opportunity as well. So look into it if you're looking to expand and your knowledge base, brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet, ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting, providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com.